Hello, everybody. Welcome again to Own Your Breath podcast. I'm Rihanna Yusuf. Um, as agreed, I am still, um, you know, celebrating women. Um, and I've invited women from different backgrounds to speak on my channel. And today with me, I have Amanda Hart, all the way from UK. She is an intuitive consultant and author. She's, she's written four books and contributed uh, to four more books um, all around spirituality. And one of it is her memoir. And she's also a, a regular col columnist for Spiritual Magazine. Um, she's been on television and she's, she's have had your own, you've had your own radio channel on spirituality, isn't it? Yeah, well, it was for Soul and Spirit uh, uh, Radio, and um, it was um, a little while ago, but it was a, a real eye-opener for me because I, I had a fear of public speaking. So for me to go into that vulnerable space and speak publicly um, was, a, was a huge, huge change for me, um, helping people to also find their voice as well. So it was a bit of a, yeah, bit of a change <laughs> for, for my, for my life in per, for person, personal reasons and for also for my clients. Imagine, yeah, I can imagine. Basically step into what you actually need. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I, I think the, the upshot of it is, is that I've, I've been working in this space for a long time now, about 25, almost 30 years. Wow. Um, and it's it's about keep diving in and finding our vulnerability to find out what it is that's going on for us and what we need to to do to 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 make changes. And it's not about finding that perfect life that, you know, that perfect package that that makes us happy. It's about really owning our vulnerability and finding what in that moment we need to do to to survive. Um, and that's pretty much what I, I talk about and what I, I share with, with my clients and, and the work that I do. I really, really loved it. I mean, I'm going to be honest, um, doing this podcast is very triggering. I'm mean, not just this podcast, like, you know, launching my whole podcast is very mm -hmm. triggering for me. Um, you know, it's, I mean, um, I used to be so afraid of public speaking. I'm still afraid, but I've improved a bit. But people always just look at me and they think I speak very well. You know, I'm, I'm outspoken. Perhaps when I'm with people in a room, life, right? But I have a thing like I, I fear there's something about me with camera. You know, um, when I'm on record, it just triggers a lot of my anxiousness. And also, um, I don't really like my voice to be recorded. Listening to my voice is triggering. But there, that reason I know why, you know. And, that's why I knew the more I have to do this. So not all, but almost every podcast that I do, maybe maybe three quarter of them, I'll have a bit of hangover and some a lot of hangover, uh, you know, but that's where my work is to dive deep. So anything I fear, I lean more towards, you know, healing deeper and, uh, you know, and instead of judging myself, admittedly, I will, you know, be critical a bit because sometimes I get nervous and that's the truth. I find it easier for me to talk when there's audience than, than just to be speaking like this, you know? But this is how yeah. we improve, stepping into our uncomfortable zone. I, I and I, I, I applaud you because I find I have a huge respect for people who face their vulnerability 
and ask themselves, what am I going to do it? And do it anyway, do, you know, push past that fear. It's a real sort of Susan Jeffers thing, feel the fear, <clears throat> excuse me, and do it anyway. But it it's it's about taking ownership for it and not hiding from it and not you know um doing something that's that that will help take away the pain and you know a lot we we deal with a lot of um anxiety in our life anyway we we're under super stress from all sorts of expectations okay. from us um but i i feel those that really truly own their vulnerability and show up and say okay this is this is painful for me but i know in my heart that it's good for me and do it anyway. I, I I really feel that these are the people who really will make a better world because they're the ones that are are wanting to to be connected to this world, wanting to make a difference, wanting to be authentic and real. And we can only really create true stability in this world from those that really work from an authentic, vulnerable space. Goosebumps. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. Honestly, you couldn't have said it better. And I'm a huge advocate of vulnerability and authenticity. And you said it right there, you know. And um, yes, that's a great point for all of us to remember. And and to be honest, everything I've done um, is, you know, I was I'm scared. And as you say, you know, we have anxiousness. We can't we can't avoid it. And I do. I have a lot, but I just go through it. You know, I have to do it. The more I'm scared, the more I do it. And I shift more into, um, into the reason of why I'm doing it instead of perfection, you know, because which yes. most of the time comes from shame, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it's important and, and it's very, um, the, the, the fact that you said it, it's your why, that's really important. I, I have an equation and uh, which is uh, if we um, apply healthy habits uh, develop our intuition and apply faith to that it equals our why I've just written an article for my best holistic life magazine in in Los Angeles and I I to, to because the American market doesn't really know what I do my work so I I simplified it and I this is the equation I stick to can you, can you repeat the equation again for me of course what? yeah it's it's applying healthy practices yeah. developing intuition and applying faith that equals our why. And that's really important because most people are very goal orientated. So they think, right, okay, if I have that big house, that lovely relationship, and I have that ideal job, that's that's that will make me happy. But that's not necessarily our why. Our why is what makes us wake up every morning to overcome the vulnerability in ourselves to make a better life for ourselves and others and that's how we really truly connect with the whole of humanity you know we're not just responsible for ourselves on this planet we have an, a, a a ripple effect that of that affects our loved ones our situations our you know and it, and it goes out exponentially and we don't know how far that, that it, you know that goes but we do know but through science that actually we do have an impact on this world so i, I really feel that we find our why when we apply that equation and when i say healthy practices i mean knowing <clears throat> knowing excuse me my my throat um knowing what is I'm good for us. Your cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's first thing in the morning and it's my first speaking <laughs> oh, okay. um, mm, it's um healthy practices which could be good food it could be good sleep 
It could be just nourishing ourselves with good friends. It could be reading good books. It doesn't have to be something which is a rigid regime of grueling exercise and uh, education and you know what we think we should be doing. It's what is unique to us, what serves our soul. So it is healthy practices because a lot of people also use exercise and things that they think are healthy practices as addictions or excuses yeah. to hide our vulnerability because it's avoidance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The from doing now healthy practices, what we do is we we trigger the emotions in us which connect with our endocrine system, our chakras, our our joy. And when we connect with our joy, we open up the heart space and the heart space is linked to the right hemisphere of the brain. So the left and right, even though they work cohesively together, they have very different roles. The right is connected to consciousness. The left is connected solely to our past experience. It's that is to do with our, um, our, our programs. It's, a, it's our, our logical side, um, but consciousness is really the bigger picture which is helping us to see our best self and what we should be applying to each of uh, each day of our life to help us to to uh, uh to lead us towards more of our authentic state so healthy practices are really important um and that does trigger the intuitive faculty so some yeah. people find that going for a long walk um is is a really spiritual experience or meditation or you know, reading lots of spiritual material, partaking in workshops, etc. Um, but developing our intuition opens up what we call the T zone, which is our clairvoyance, which is our visual uh, um, understanding. So that's the dream state, but also how we send pictures to consciousness and receive pictures, so that we can see our messages. Um, it's our auditory senses, which is listening to the thoughts and I'm talking about the thoughts that are from our higher nature as opposed to those the worry state <clears throat> um, and then there is our intuition which is seated at the gut or the solar plexus which is our deep-seated feeling um, so all of those combined help us to um, form a language that creates that dialogue between consciousness and ourself so we start to be aware of this, this, the, these messages, these signs, this synchronicity—it's—it's it's like a sharpie. It's—it's it's like someone highlighting all the little messages that pop up that other people can't see, but it's very, very unique to us. So that that language is very important because it's great wanting to be our authentic self. It's about listening and paying attention and seeing and feeling the the feedback we get from consciousness to help us to live that authentic nature. That's so, so true. Oh my God, yeah. I'm already loving this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, really, I'm like, oh, I have, I'm going to put it on repeat. <laughs> oh, bless you. The last thing I was going to mention is faith. Now, it's like if I, if I gave you a packet of seeds and you know that they'll be daffodils or a flower that you know, and you put them into the ground and you water them and you nurture them and you let the sun on them and you know eventually those flowers are going to bloom. And, and this is what the practices and the uh, applying all of this equation is about. The healthy practices are the seeds and the seeds, once they're sown, it's knowing that they will grow if you apply the other areas that will help those seeds to grow. So the developing intuition and faith 
is really important. That's your watering and nurturing. Because often what happens is that when we go through challenge, when we go into vulnerability, fear starts to come to the surface. And that's when we start to allow the mind chatter to, 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 to be, take precedence. And then we start listening to the, the fear as opposed to the reality of what's going on or, or our still quiet voice, that, that, that deep-seated intuition that's telling us everything's all right. And then we just keep feeding more of the, the negative programming. Applying faith means that despite what's going on, despite us not seeing our seeds actually coming into fruition and not growing yet, it's knowing that if we just turn up and do our healthy practices every day and we apply the, the development of intuition, eventually they will just grow on their own. And that's exactly what happens. And, and this is why I work with clients in over a certain period of time so that when we start, we get the practices in place, we start developing the intuition, and then we know that if we wait patiently together and we help uh, to apply faith to that equation, the why develops and it just magically unfolds. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a believer that, you know, we can achieve um, everything that we, we, want, we want, you know. Mm. We put in the work, you know, and we do the deeper healing the, that we, we need, the ones that blocking, yeah. you know, for us to grow, right? Um, so yeah. someone tell me, so you guarantee that you can, um, uh, you know, can, you can help people to achieve what they want. I don't guarantee anything, but I do mm -hmm. guarantee that if you do the inner work and you, mm -hmm. consistency is so important, you are consistent and you believe, you will get mm -hmm. what you want, you know? It's not overnight, but yes, I'm a believer that you will, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, whether you you focus on the things that you want or you focus on the things you don't want, you will get what you focus on most and most for. And, and people do, you know, we've we've heard this message time and time again. Um, but what a lot of people say to me is, it's painful. It's really, it takes so long. How do I know it's happening? How do I know I'm doing the right thing? So I simplify it because if we if we do the things that we know that if we turn up to, and enjoy and know that at least we're we're making progress in some way at least that in in that the very essence of that in itself is showing that we're actually doing something constructive and positive and and giving and self-loving for ourselves anyway Absolutely. so um but the the byproduct of that is our why it tends to then materialize because it's not a logical process we can't expect life to give us just you know cards that will give us guarantees that we will get the life that we want mm -hmm. because then where there's no growth as human beings we're designed to come in uh in through struggle and we are designed to struggle throughout our life in a way that helps shape us to become our best selves um and i think that we're, we're in a society now where where there is too much that is being offered to us to help us to bypass how, how uncomfortable we are, whether that be through surgery, whether it be through, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, quick fixes, whether it's, it's, you know, it's fast results, whether it's, you know, anything that's superficial that will help us to bypass what we're uncomfortable with. Eventually, the, the, the soul, that part of us, which is still a huge part, fundamental part of us, 
will re reject it all and say, but you haven't worked on this part. And I will have to go back until I grow into that, into that space, which is my authentic nature. So we either struggle with it and through determination, we, um, we grasp onto anything that will help us avoid it, or we give into it and say, okay, I'm vulnerable. Let's just, just give into this and see where this will take me. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Thank you. So, Amanda, please yeah. tell me, what exactly, or tell us, what exactly do you do as an intuitive consultant? What, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a, you know, I'm glad you asked me that, Brianna, because people just think that I uh, created this, this, uh, th this role um, and that I was, uh, you know, I designed it because it was something I always wanted to do. I, I, I was destined to be an interior designer. That was my role. Really, as a child, I wanted to write. Uh, but my father said to me, oh, don't be so silly. You know, as an entrepreneur, you know, he's a successful entrepreneur as an interior designer himself. He said, you'll never make any money writing silly stories. You can put that, that aside. You're going to college, you're going to university, and you're going to run the family business. And that's what you're going to do. So I, I had this, uh, this, this suppressing uh, of, of my creative self. I had this real desire to, to, to write and share stories and I I used to um do a lot of role playing in front of my neighbors and my my you know the all the adults around me my my family and my friends and I would do there was a lot of drama but it was always story based and it was always to bring joy to people um I grew up in a very um a, a troubled uh, childhood it was a, a very violent childhood but despite that I found my joy and I found my joy through vulnerability because I realized that there was something that I had to do to survive so I found joy and making people happy was mm -hmm. the most uh, rewarding experience and it was my survival technique um then when I was an adult I thought that freedom would give what sorry sorry to interrupt me one second you said you find your joy through vulnerability yes by making people happy yes yeah I realized that it was it was my way of seeing that we all had something that connected us now that when there was violence that was going on in the house and when I was uh, um, in extreme fear there was a disconnect and I realized that that I was learning that there was, you know, this was a fearful world and I had to survive. Mm -hmm. And so I, I realized that by, by being joyful and seeing that I could often make adults around me feel that joy, I realized it connected us. So I knew that there was a glue, there was something that connected us as human beings. I so was, I learned that at an early stage. I was just um, um, curious about which part of you making other people happy is the vulnerable part. I'm just trying to understand which part of you is the vulnerable part. Yeah, by by being joyful, sometimes even despite adults, because the, the most important thing for me at that time was to survive. And I was taught to hide away, to be fearful, to be shameful of who I was, to be quiet, to be still, to, to not have a voice. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was shown but there was something in me that made me realize that actually, despite that, if I allowed my joy to come through, I would survive it because the terror of, of trying to survive and, and hide away, I knew that I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it through that childhood. 
So something taught me that there was something that lit those 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 um, adults up around me and actually gave me respite. So it was my, it was it was it, it. Not only did I feel that utter joy and connection with them, um, and love them despite what they did to me, it allowed them to see uh, the joy in themselves despite their vulnerability. So it, it connected us all, and and it it kept me. It was like puddle jumping. We call it puddle jumping. Um, we would have moments of joy, and then we would dive into that horrible fearful world again and then there would be more joy and then there would be that fearful world so I knew that there was I had this real yin and yang that was going on in my childhood and uh, as I grew grew into adulthood I assumed that I'd have freedom I could go out there and be whatever I wanted to be and you know make that lovely shiny package of a life that I desired that would be far from you know that the terrors of my childhood but because of the conditioning in my in my mind, because of all the programs that I'd learnt, all I kept doing was attracting more and more negative situations, very violent situations, very traumatic situations, until eventually it came to me that even though I was reaching out to um, you know to, to establishments to help me um, through orthodox means. Uh, I felt very unheard. I, I felt that I was unwanted, unloved, and I was in a very, very negative world of spiraling, out of control, very alone. So I realized that I had to do something about it. And the first thing I started to do was to find um, about how I could love myself, how I could start to give self-love. And it was through falling into spiritual practices that reminded me that actually as a child I've been very intuitive because I spent a lot of time out in nature so I drew on the love of being around animals and nature and being around people who were very loving who were my friends or extended members of the family so I knew what love was and I wanted more of that and I knew that I gave that to myself because I was in control of that um, so for selfish reasons I was looking after myself, going through a lot of change. And I had children at the time and people around me could see that I was changing. So um, mothers at, at the school would would ask me, well, you know, you've changed. What's happening? You know, what, why, what, what are you doing to yourself? Because we can obviously see there's something going on. And they would be curious and they asked me if I could help them. So I started with one two maybe three ladies and then it formed into a little group I had a little shop at the time people were more curious about coming to see me than they were about buying my goods so eventually I decided to stop what I was doing with my shop I studied and trained I researched and I looked into these spiritual practices more so so I could have a um, a, a, a sound foundation so I could give something which was more authentic um, and more credible and that's really how my journey started. And this was um, some 25, 26 years ago now. So from then, it just developed more and more so until I, I am where I am today. So it's just it's just been a journey. I didn't do it for, for anyone else. It was for me purely to survive. But then the upshot of that was that vulnerability showing up and changing helped me to help others. And, and that's how I discovered my why. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, uh, how coincident, but you know, it's not, well, nothing is coincidence, but it's the same. So I used to have a, um, a boutique, a clothing boutique. It's a vintage store. 
So but people don't really come to see me to buy my things. They really come yeah. to talk to me about their problems, <laughs> their struggles, things like that, you know. And I ask them, why don't you tell, you know, someone, no, I can't, you know. So many times, so in the end, I knew I'm going to be this woman, but in the end, I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. The time is now because I don't think I can sustain longer this energy, you know, people coming and, you know, because there must be some sort of balance, right, in the energy yeah. exchange. So, yeah, so, yeah, that's, it's funny that it's, it's similar in that sense. And that's exactly the sort of shop I had. I, I sold vintage clothes and it was, it was, it was just old secondhand designer dresses and, and it was fantastic. But I think there's a, an energy about it, isn't there? It's, it's that, you know, changing something old into something new, making something, you know, it's, it's, the, it's conversion of energy, isn't it? Absolutely. Do you know, I got, I, got, I used to shop because I used to live in Dubai and I fly a lot. I was a flight attendant. So I used to shop in Portobello a lot. Yeah. So when I quit my job, so I be, I created something like Portobello because I get mm -hmm. on buying, right? And it's funny, over the years, as I shift more towards what I'm doing now, wellness, I, I get rid of a lot of the older things just because I, I, had, I, need, I needed new energy. I need more to clear things. You know, this is still tiny bit of vintage stuff. I still love vintage, but I just cannot have too much vintage in my place anymore. I need to bring in a more, more new light, more new energy. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So, um, so the, the offering, so what kind of the offerings that, that you are, um, that you're giving is readings, Oh. No. So what I do is I, I work with people on a one-to-one um, -one basis. So people will come to me and present what's currently going on for them. And it's often something that they are going through, which they've struggled for for a long time. They've tried all other methods. They've, they've tried orthodox as well as spiritual practices, and they can't get to the root cause of it. Um, I was fascinated with working with the mind. Um, and I I got to a point in 2003 when I had meningococcal septicemia and it was, um, yeah. it was very serious. Um, and, and I have had repercussions since then, but that's, that's the vulnerability. What, your sickness? It, meningitis. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so I had the full septicemia. Um, it was, uh, it was a life changing moment for me. Um, and I realized then in the hospital, in that vulnerable state, having very young dependent children under the age of four, I realized that I have created this at some level. So what am I going to do about it? And I made a vow that when I came out of hospital, because I was determined to, even though despite the, the, them saying that I wasn't, or I would have long term uh, conditions, I do, but I manage them well because that's my vulnerability that keeps holding me and anchoring me here in this world. But I was determined to find solutions as to why I was creating this in the mind. And I attracted um, people then that I, um, who were my teachers, who helped me to understand about the power of the mind. And I went more into that field. So I'd started initially with healing and, and very deep seated spiritual practices which then merged into working with the mind so I work with the power of the mind the subconscious to work out what's currently going on for us where this comes from because it's always linked with the past and and then we end up with why and and going through that vulnerability helps us to learn about what we need to do about it it's yeah. not about hiding from it because a lot of people have gone through 
um, you know, struggle with uh, relationships that don't work or jobs that they can't seem to get any satisfaction with or addictions, anything that is out of balance for, for, for some time. And then they stop and they say, I can't do this anymore. And that's when we look at this and we say, right, okay, you're, you're just, you're just ready for this now. That's, you know, it's not, not a time to say to ourselves, okay, you know, I've, I've failed because I haven't seen this earlier. It is right timing for us to say, what am I going to do about it? So I work with people on a one-to-one I work, I work in groups. I do, I do development groups. Um, I, I run retreats and I write um, books which help to um, understand who I am, what my story is and why I do this and the, the um, theories behind what I, I work with and, and apply that. So I've got a series of, of books through Orion uh, um, Publishing, which is the Talking with Angels series, which is specifically for people who understand that they're getting angelic messages or they believe in angels and it's for people who want to develop that deeper connection with them so I did actually write a particular series of books for for this market so that people would understand there is something going on we are open to these messages and and why you know that's the most important thing why am I getting these messages so I help people to develop their intuition more please you know on that um you know I did saw that book I didn't read it um yeah, can you tell me a bit more, like, how do people actually can, can speak or see the angels? Um, do they just get it? Or is there a way that they can develop to, to be able to communicate with them or to be connected to them? Yeah, so so we all have the ability. Um, some people recognize it. it, it see, we, we, we all have different beliefs. So what I do is I... I write or I teach in a way that helps people from, from all walks of life, from all, all different beliefs and backgrounds, from all different religions, to understand that there is a generic thing that's going on with us um, as a human being. And that is we have an, an, uh, an incredible mind which helps us to tap into this huge source of energy which can help us to live a better life yeah. and I'm not talking about a better life as in a nice shiny package that's delivered from Amazon which helps us to um, you know deliver this beautiful life that we we think we want it's it's the life that we are destined to live if we allow our true authentic nature to come to the surface um and so by developing our, our, our mind, we can then be a source of inspiration. We can, we can send our intentions of what we want because you can't expect, consciousness just doesn't decide that, you know, uh, you or I deserve to have a better day because yesterday was, was a bit, you know, crappy. It's, it only honors what we ask for. Yeah. So we, we have to open this telecommunication system up so that we can actually send our messages to say right I'm ready now I want a better life I want to find the solutions to what's going on for me I want to be healthy I want to be happier and then we also need to be able to receive those messages so it's a two-way communication system and there are practices that I teach people which help develop that um, because it's like a muscle. If I, it, you know, if you want to get fit, I would take you to the gym and I would take you through different exercises. And over time, your muscles would develop and get nice and lean and strong and firm. And that's exactly what we do with the brain. We, we, it's, it's not the gray matter that we're working on 
per se, but it is the is is a muscle and it needs to be worked on. It's like the heart. If we're going to work on anything, if we invest enough time in it, then it will actually show results. So the healthy practices are developing the mind so that we can have a better communication. It fine tunes all our intuitive faculties. So the clairvoyance, the clairaudience and the clairsentience, that feeling, so that we become aware. It's like um, it's like watching a television program, which is a little bit fuzzy, and then we're tuning it in and suddenly we see it in HD. You know, we go, oh, wow, I didn't see that lovely, you know, the green shimmering, you know, uh, trees, the leaves and and the water on the, on, you know, the, the lake shimmering like that, like diamonds on, on the water. You know, we start to see things ping and those things. this. Yes, yes, that's the, exactly what we do. Okay. So, it, it, so how do you actually fine tune this, you know, our brain to be able to be in alignment? To... Okay, so so to do that, you have to do something on a daily basis. Yeah. It's, say, for example, if you're having your tea stress, this is a modern day first world problem. If you went to someone like uh, the dentist who decided to straighten your teeth and you put a, um, you know, a shield in to straighten your teeth, you'd have to do that every day. For maybe 20 30 weeks because mm. eventually you'll train the teeth to get straighter and straighter and straighter what we're doing is we're doing something every day with the brain so that every single day that little practice is fine-tuning the brain and fine-tuning our intuitive faculties those three intuitive faculties until eventually we become sharper and more coherent and more understanding and perceiving of those messages that start to, to, to ping. Now we could say, but weren't those messages there before, but I couldn't see them? Or are they coming to us now because we've developed our intuition? It doesn't matter. The, the fact that now we're becoming more aware. I've, 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 for an example, I'm working with a client at the moment who years ago wanted to make a mat massive life change. And she did, she changed everything, she moved location. It was a real, real risk. She went into a very vulnerable state. Um, she she uh, had no job, nowhere to live, but she knew she wanted to move to this location. And as she made the decision to move there, and she saw it in a dream, she moved there. And as she did that, she started putting out to, to consciousness, you know, I want a job. She got the perfect role. And then she was offered a house which was rent free because they wanted someone to live there while this guy went off sailing around the world. Yeah. So she, I started working with her again because she's now making a decision about moving again. Now, she's done this before, um, but we go into that vulnerable space and we want someone to hold her hand. So I help that person to go through the process of knowing that if they keep applying the faith and all the practices that they'll get there. And it's not about knowing where we're going to end up, which is our why, it's developing the practices, apply, uh, developing the intuition, applying faith, and then you find out where you're going to end up, what job you're going to do, who, you're go who your people are, where your place is in this world. It's a completely different concept to the one that we are trained in as, as human beings as we come through our education system. And also, how we are as human beings, which is we need food, shelter, warmth, and security first. Then we need loving relationships. And then we do the self-actualization, which is discovering who we are. I say, and I've written this in my third book, Talking with Angels of Wealth. 
I turn it on its head. Um, and that's Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs. I say self-actualization leads to loving relationships, leads to everything that we want in the way of security, love, you know, shelter, warmth, et cetera, et cetera. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, I'm so glad we are in the same um, page. Like, I, you know, yeah. people get shocked, like almost I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm weird. But I totally believe, like, you know, if, if we have this great awareness and we work just ourselves, it's, it's just us from inside, we will everything and we become more open to receiving, really we begin to attract, you know. And like yeah. you, I've gone through pretty serious traumatic incidents in my life, you know, um, and not desire, desirable situations as I have, I've manifested amazing things in my life. Mm. But, but truly, I hate to say this, but it's the truth that I, I manifest all of them. Mm. So I, I do uh, teach manifestation class, but I call it raising vibration because really we are working in vibration. Um, yes. Uh, and I, I make, make it known to them that I'm not claiming that I just uh, attract, I've just manifested great things in my life. I've manifested undesirable things in my life, but they mm. all come from similar formula. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting, I'm glad you brought that up, Rihanna, because people start, when they start to create, um, put the healthy practices in place and start to make intentions to change their life, they suddenly see things popping up that they don't like. And they start, that's when they start to have a wobble and they say, well, I, I, I understand what I want to achieve and I understand that I, and I like that bit but I don't like that. And I'm very fearful of that. And why is that happening now? And that's why we have to apply the faith because despite outward appearances of what goes on around us, we have to expect eggs to be broken. If we're going to make an omelet, we have to expect uncomfortable situations. If we're going to grow as human beings, because those uncomfortable situations are our friend. Those situations are the opportunity for us to grow and, and get ourselves to question What's going on for me and what do I need to do about this rather than hide? Because that's how we are challenged as human beings to grow into what we are becoming. Yes. And that's the thing. When we start with the problem and we want to end up with the end result, most people want to do it in a way that's really comfortable for them. They still want to be the same person because they don't really want to go through the uncomfortableness yes. of growth. And that's, that's the thing. If you sign up for this, uh, you're already in an uncomfortable situation because if you've come to me with this problem, you're already uncomfortable. So why don't you just get comfortable with the uncomfortableness yeah. and get on with it and then see where you end up? Because that's what I, I, I feel that is the most valuable information you can feed somebody. It's not going to be an easy ride, but it will be uncomfortable. But if you get comfortable with it, you'll be okay. Absolutely. Um, another thing I... That... You know, that people, I mean, I mean, when I say this, people are kind of like puzzled because I said, I know you're going through stuff and it's so uncomfortable. Mm. I don't mean, I don't, don't mean it in a, in a bad way, but I'm actually excited for you. They were like, yeah. huh? but, you, but you know what I mean? I'm excited yes. because if you stay on and I'm here to guide you because you are about to level up, mm. you know? There's so, there's so much great things waiting for you. That's the only reason you're being given this, these challenges, you know, this, yeah. this transformation, but you have to stick with it. You've got to trust something greater is coming 
out of this chaos. I said, so that's why I'm excited for you. Just you're the chosen one. So mm. that's how I, you know. So that's how I yeah. tell them basically. Yeah, it's it it is like a it is a, a magnetic thing. It's it's you know there is a, a concept I see that works through the transformation process with people, and as you start to accept and send your intentions out that, you know, accept that you want to change. So you attract the things that will challenge you to help you with that change. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the gift. Yes. It's absolutely. To you yeah. in a way that, that, and you wouldn't have attracted it. That's the one thing I always say to people, you wouldn't have attracted this uncomfortable situation if you couldn't handle it. That's the thing that, that f- people find probably the most challenging you know, why would I ask for this uncomfortable situation? Why would I ask my husband to be like that or my sister to do this to me or my my boss to do, you know, change his mind and do this? Mm. It's, it. we would, we've asked for it at a certain level, at a subconscious level. So if we've asked for it, therefore there is a solution to it and we have the ability to overcome it and there will be a reward for it. Yeah. So I, I say it's like having um lottery tickets if people don't if they, people just shy away and try and ignore the uncomfortable part it's like having a load of lottery tickets and just throwing them in, in the bin and not checking to see if you've won any money it's yeah. it, you know there is a benefit and a reward for every single thing that happens mm-hmm. and it's up to us whether we take that on and 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 do something about it True. i totally agree um uh, amanda mm. You mentioned about um, this year is being a prominent year. Yes, yeah. So twenty twenty three. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about that because that's um, I I was always fascinated with numerology, um, and I'm I'm not a numerologist by any means, but um, the, the the one thing that was actually my saving grace that's that's the spiritual um, opening for me, I guess you could say was. One day I was, and this was back in in the early 90s, I was in a very, very desperate situation and um, and very alone. And a leaflet came through the door, or I think it was actually an article in a, in a, in a local newspaper, actually. And I just opened the page and there was this article that said, um, do you want a numerology reading? Now, I'd never... Apart from my grandmother always reading the stars to me, I never had any interest in any anything spiritual whatsoever. I didn't realize that as a child I did it naturally, but something in that 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 request, you know, was was really calling me. And I didn't have very much money at the time. It, it cost twenty pounds to have this report done, so I scraped together everything I had, sent off for it, and this report came back to me. And it was a report based on. Um, my numbers based on my name and my date of birth etc and this report was was terrible I started reading it and I was appalled about how disconnected I was to the world how I didn't really care about the news and otherworldly stuff I was just very focused on my own destructive self and and everything all the sabotage that had happened and all the stuff that was going on for me and I, I felt huge shame I felt this horrendous feeling of disconnection and I think it brought a lot of my my childhood back to me which reminded me of how I was when I felt disconnected by the adults around me but then how it reminded me well hang on I what did I do then what did I I do to survive and I remembered that 
I I found my joy and I found the joy in other people by connecting us. So I thought, well, I've got to get myself connected with people again. This is this is shameful. So what can I do? And for some reason, I had this inspiration to write everything which was the absolute opposite of what this report had said. And I kept focusing on that. So I threw the report away and kept reading this as an affirmation of the person I, I knew was within me because I knew that person as a child. And over a period of time, I started to see magical messages that would come to me. And I thought, well, what's this coincidence? Why, why is this happening? And what's this the reason for this? Because I see that this is a message somehow. It, it, it's meant for me and I need to do something about it. And so I was fascinated with how numerology had an impact on us as, as human beings. And um, I, I worked with a lot of numerologists, uh, you know, people who taught me that there is a significance behind the power of numbers. And, you know, huge corporations make uh, business decisions based on having meetings at um, particular dates because it is aligned with the power of the numbers so you know it is a real science and 2023 when you add the numbers together because you always make a singular number out of any numbers mm -hmm. so two zero two three added together is seven yeah now seven number is the spiritual is the spiritual number it's the spiritual it's the the number that reminds us of our really deep-rooted authentic nature and because of uh, we, we always work towards the next number. So all of 2022 would have been building to the energy of 2023. So we'll find that a lot of people during 2022 were preparing to uh, let go of, of conditioning and uh, restraints and uh, situations and people that no longer serve them because they really truly wanted to move towards their their authentic nature preparing for 2023 so a lot of people are now really either um honing in on that and finding a deeper authentic state or they are working on more spiritual practices or you know more to do align in alignment with their purpose you know it's a real year of of change for a lot of people they're becoming more awakened more alert more aware and more mindful so it's a really good transform transformational year for people especially if they are sevens and i'm a seven number my my birth date is a seven so you can work out your life path number by adding all the numbers of your your birth date together and usually when you have two together that are aligned so mine's a seven and it's a seven year it's a very impactful year so you'll find that a lot of people are going through great change this year on, for, for authentic reasons nice 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 yeah. i'm excited i am i i personally feel this year is going to be a very um powerful year for me mm. you know in in a, in a in a good way that's that's how i feel you know? yeah. and Fantastic. i think for, for everybody yes yeah so and you say it's especially for women yeah i mean for, for, so i guess it's not it's not that that men don't have this ability but women work more on a peripheral level so they're more aware of the bigger picture whereas men are designed but the very nature of them is to hunt and you know and their, their tunnel vision because their goal is to go retrieve bring backs you know and and keep the survival of the camp but but for women 
we are more intuitive and more aware and we have to uh, uh, um you know deal with a lot more um i.e you know if we if in in the camp we're, we're looking after the babies and 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 looking after you know being medicine woman and and making sure that everyone's loved and the community is all together and that's we're a we're a nurturing species so women tend to be more in touch with their nurturing self and seven is all about the authentic nurturing of the self and the nurturing of humanity and so it is a very feminine number where it comes through and helps us to uh, in, in, enhance the lives of everybody male and female you know in, in all genders in all shapes and forms it doesn't matter but it is a feminine number which helps us to really connect with our emotions and our our inner self our authentic nature to be who we want to be whether you know we want to you know come out from hiding about behind the what what people expect us to be and show finally that this is who I am and be proud of it it doesn't matter but this is the year for people to really come out and shine and 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 be okay about being authentic and, and vulnerable absolutely I totally agree yes um, lean more towards wide and not perfection because you are yes. you're really enough simply by being who you are. Yeah. Um, okay. And you mentioned um, about trauma, which I find as one thing, you know, we, we talked a bit last week. Um, trauma is an, I, I love these words that you said. Trauma is an invitation, you, you know, to a big, bigger part of ourselves. Yes. Yeah, it's um, I, I describe people that have gone through trauma or have gone through adversity has they have stretched the parameters of who they are because they've they've really experienced the whole spectrum of the emotions. Um, Dr. Bach, um, who who produced all the flower remedies, um, he was a biologist and he was a depressive. He, he suffered from depression. He found that nature he gravitated towards um uh, nature and he, he wondered well why does nature make me feel so happy and alive and for somebody who goes through the trauma of really deep invasive uh, um um you know depression and and trauma um get, goes into a very very low emotional state and he wanted to understand well if this if nature can can make me feel like this surely i can re i can replicate that and help other people feel like that. So he actually introduced these particular signature um, flower remedies, which when we ingest them, it affects, it wakes up every cell in our body and helps remind us of our blueprint. So it switches from the negative conditioning to our blueprint, our true nature, how we feel detached from our negativity, our conditioning, the traumas. So he talks about the, um, the, the, the spectrum of emotional radio, which starts at the top, the very top, which is joy. It, it moves down, there's 38 different human emotions, he, he, he says it. So there's the joy at the top, then it goes down to boredom in the middle, and then it goes all the way down to guilt. And guilt is the lowest emotion that we can experience. And people will say, well, isn't it jealousy or anger, rage, you know? It's, it's not. Guilt actually holds us in concrete boots so we don't actually do anything. We, stay, we, we go into a freeze stage. So, you know, you've got the fight, flight, freeze and fawn. So guilt 
holds us frozen. We can't actually do anything. And that's the worst state to be in because we we sit there with our shame, our, our, that, that guilt just is, is just all encompassing. It locks us in in concrete boots and we can't move. So when we go through trauma, when we go through challenge, often it, it's fear that, that is, comes to the surface. And because of our, the very nature of us as human beings to survive it, we will find ways to cope. We will find any way to run, to, to fight, to fight or flee from this danger, from, from you know, this uncomfortableness. And that allows us to start to discover different um, uh, emotions. So we, you know, we've gone through all the lower echelon of the emotional ratio, uh, radio. And hopefully most of the time, it will drive us to find the higher emotional uh, uh, aspects of ourselves. So some people come into this world and they have a good life and they don't really want for anything. They are very well supported and they just skim across what we call the periphery, you know, the, 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 the sort of the midline of, of life. They don't want to be too joyful because they like to keep it nice and, you know, safe and they don't want to be too scared by life so they won't make themselves vulnerable or won't challenge themselves and they won't put themselves into vulnerable situations so there is that experience and those people really have not experienced the whole spectrum so what I'm saying and that's not wrong by any means but what I'm saying is that people who have faced adversities and traumas have pretty much tasted all the emotions that there are of the human condition and we are designed to to experience them all Yes, and because life has become so, um, uh, uh, you know, fast-paced and easy, and and it's made, you know, made for us so that we can actually choose so much more to escape the stuff that we don't like. Yeah. It hasn't really given us the opportunity to experience the whole spectrum of of, of our human condition, and on on an emotional level. And I think if we miss that in life. We've missed a huge opportunity for growth. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. One of the uh, main thing I work is through emotions. You know, to suppress emotions. You know, that becomes my pathway to help them further. Yeah, yes. I love what you say. So before mm -hmm. I wrap up this podcast, Amanda, um, mm -hmm. can you tell us how can one um, develop further or develop their intuition? Yeah, so um, I would say do what feels right for you. Some people love to read. Some people like to watch podcasts. Some people want to learn about meditation. First of all, I would sit down quietly. I would write down because it's it's really good to start using the brain, using the mind and, and accessing what is what is it that I need? Because we all have different strengths in our different intuitive faculties. Write down what we get drawn to. If we love to, if we're a reader, we love to read, you might want to be drawn to books that will teach you. If you love to watch TV, if you love to watch podcasts, it might be something visual for you. So, so go with what feels right for you. Some people like to work in group dynamics. Um, I feel that it's really powerful when you work with group dynamics, and I love to run groups. Um so taking time out, maybe going to a retreat once a year, maybe going to weekends or or a day out, you know, once in a blue moon, just to go and be with like minded people in an empowerment group or a spiritual development group. So write down, just just sit calmly and quietly and write down all the things that you feel 
would help you. And then from that, then you can you can take it a step further and say, right, what am I going to do about it? And make a decision about what you're going to do every day, which just ticks one little small box or, you know, it's a bite-sized chunk. But what I would say, if, if you want to do something and start doing it now, I use what I call traditionally bookends. First thing in the morning, before you open your eyes, you lay there in bed, you're aware that you're coming into the world, sit there and think about the, the core values, the real deep-seated values that you feel about yourself, what's really important, like um, love is everything, or um, you love to live purposefully. And think about those core values and see yourself going through your day living those core values. And then at night, and then you can get on with your day. And at night, just as you're going to sleep, you close your eyes, it's the last thing you're doing. And I want you to then think about all the things you're grateful for in your life now. So what you're doing is you're, you're, you're working with optimum, um, uh, uh, the, the optimum times of the day, which work when your brain is in alpha, which is open to consciousness. Consciousness is listening. By being grateful for what you have, shows consciousness, you want more of that. By developing your, your um, core values and telling consciousness that this is who I am, consciousness doesn't know whether you're imagining it or whether you're actually living it, so it has to deliver because it's all uh, consciousness works on present uh, the present time, doesn't work on future or past. By doing that, those times also has what I call a bookend effect. The night state blocks and the, the negative uh, thoughts and, and situations that have occurred that day and it acts as a dam so it, it comes to a halt it stops all of that and says this is the last thing I'm thinking before I'm going to sleep that takes precedence the first thing you think in the morning which is your core values about yourself is the first thing you're thinking which you're setting up as a precedent for your day yep. but not only that you're setting up a precedent for your future so you're setting up a good day, you're setting up a good night's sleep, but you're also setting up your future. And by doing every single day, consciousness says, oh, this is a habit. This is the habit that she is now becoming. Therefore, she has to be it. Therefore, we have to deliver. And that tunes in the, the intuitive faculties as a byproduct. And that then starts to show results. Okay. Beautiful. Yes. I look forward to listening again to your podcast. So much information. Thank you oh, so much. Yeah, no, you. you're very welcome. And thank you for inviting me. It's been an of absolute course. pleasure. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening with me, Amanda Hart. You can find Amanda um, through her website, amanda-hart.co.uk. I will also be sharing more um, different ways that you can connect to Amanda. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Till the next one, I'm Rihanna Lisa. Thank you. Bye.